the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today, as we think about uh, this time of the year, as we're into December, Christmas around the corner, we're always thinking about the new year and, and some of the goals that we want to set. And so I just want to begin that conversation today with this topic, how to grow as a Christian. And I want you to think about how you're going to wrap up this year and begin thinking about the year to come. And and really, that's a question that you can ask, how to grow as a Christian. But also, I hope that we can learn today how we can grow in our faith as a Christian. Have you ever met people who who said that they were Christians, but but in your mind, in your perspective, uh, the behavior of those people did not necessarily align with their actions. So so may, maybe that's their own private behavior, but there are public behaviors that people have, and you're thinking, I don't know how you can call yourself a Christian if that's what you do. And so it, it causes me to think, so if we're we're maybe evaluating faith by what people do. Is that the right way to evaluate our faith? So we're talking today about how to grow as a Christian. How do we develop? How do we practice spiritual growth? And is it about what we do? So you might say, well, I I do the right things. I I go to church. I, I read my Bible. I pray on a pretty regular basis. You might, you might admit that you treat people pretty well. Uh, you 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 prayed the quote unquote you prayed the prayer <laughs> there there's, there's a, a way that people pray this sinner's prayer if you will to accept Christ as their savior or maybe maybe you're listening today and you're saying I'm not even sure that I, that I am saved so so how do you know if you are a Christian or or even the today's big question is how can we grow as a Christian. So so maybe you might want to ask it from this perspective, how do you know if someone else is a Christian? Maybe you evaluate that someone else is a Christian because they're always talking about God and the Bible, or or they prayed for me and I could just feel it, or or maybe you could see love in, in their life. I mean, Jesus said, by this you will know that they are my disciples if you love one another. Maybe you recognize their faith by the fruit of their life. 
So, so when we think about how do we grow as Christians, maybe we're evaluating here. Maybe we think that we're Christians because we practice certain spiritual disciplines. Maybe we say I'm a Christian because I pray, I read my Bible, meditate on the Word, and study it. Maybe I believe I'm a Christian because I have this this Sabbath rhythm of, of being alone with God, and I fast, I fellowship with other believers, I worship. So the question I want to pose is, do those disciplines make you a Christian? These disciplines are behaviors of Christians, but do they make you a Christian? So here's an example. I've heard of swimmers that will, will shave their legs, and, and I can— I can shave my legs if I so chose. I have not done that. I don't have plans to do that, but I could do that. And just because I were to shave my legs, it doesn't make me a swimmer. Now, now Christians go to church and read their Bible and pray, and I can go to church and read my Bible and pray, but just because I do those things, that alone doesn't make me Christian. So, so what is it that makes me Christian? And I want us to think about Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. These two words, confess and believe. Confession and belief is not about doing things. It's not about being nice, or it's not even about practicing spiritual disciplines. This idea of faith begins with a confession that Christ is the Lord, and a confession that because I see my life and I am, there, there's this spiritual gap between me and, and God. And so I now have to believe in my heart that Jesus is who he says he is and that he's the son of God. So I confess and I, I believe that's salvation. That's becoming a Christian. But spiritual growth or developing this relationship with God is a little bit different. So I'll use the word salvation and spiritual growth. So salvation is being saved uh, from, from a sinner who becomes a follower of Jesus. Spiritual growth is, is from a point of salvation to being like Christ. See, Christianity is about becoming like Christ. It's reflecting Christ. So now, now we're set up with the question, so how do we do that? How do we not become Christian, but how do we grow as a Christian? Now that we understand that that being a Christian is about what we confess and what we believe, see, salvation, that's an experience of transformation. But spiritual growth is living a transformed life. It's strengthening or developing through the perspective of a transformed being. It's, it's not earning our way to heaven. Rather, it's living out our faith. So today we're going to talk about how to grow as a Christian. And the first thing that I want us to think about uh, as, I, as I go through this topic, how to grow as a Christian, is number one, we have to know God. K-N-O-W, know God. What's amazing is God is our creator. In the beginning, he created, God did, the heavens and the earth. So God was before the beginning. He, he's eternal, which basically means this. God always was, so he never started. He just always was. And he always will be. He'll never end. So he always was and he always will be. And, and so he's eternal. But God also creates. There are these cookies that I make called no-bake cookies. You may have heard of these. And, and you don't have to actually bake them. You just mix butter and peanut butter and sugar ingredients together, oatmeal. You put them together and, and you make these cookies. You stir 
stir it on the stove, and, and then you make these no-bake cookies. And it's one of the things that I do with my kids, and I, I make these cookies from all these ingredients. But God is creator, that we know that God is creator. We have to know God. God made the world. It's like he made the world with no recipe or no ingredients. He just spoke it as creator into being. And with that same power that he can speak something into being, into existence, he forms each and every one of us as we follow him as a new creation. Second Corinthians says all of our old ways are gone and our new ways come. We are a new creation. In other words, God in his creative nature speaks something into being. He doesn't just fix our life. He forms us as new creations. So when we know God, we have to know that he's a creative God and that he forms us and that he shapes us. And he does so through Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. When we know God, the reality is that we know love because God is love. And in John, it's explained like this, greater love has no one than this, than he who lay his life down for his friends. So to know God is to experience uh, his unconditional love. Luke chapter 10, he answered, these are Jesus' words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we grow as a Christian? We have to know God, experience his love, and not only receive it, but share it and practice it. See, spiritual growth is not a decision to love God. Spiritual growth is the practice of how we love God. And we do that with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. But it doesn't stop there. See, our knowing God is not just about receiving from him or interacting with him. It it broadens this relational aspect of God, you know, which is between me and him, you and him. It's also between you, him, and other people. We love our neighbor as ourself. So learning God's unconditional love for others, reflecting God's love for others. Yes, we pursue God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you. And, and that's what we do. We seek him. And that's the first thing that for us to keep in our mind as we know God is to seek him and to seek him first above everything else, to trust that God will take care of you. But that's not where it stops. See, as we get to know God and we get to know his love, what we're learning is that we have to know God ourselves. And then also part of our worship of knowing God is to not just love him, but to love our neighbors. And so I want to encourage you to to get into some sort of community or group or gathering of believers where you can be accountable with one another. And in a relationship, like a, a iron that can sharpen iron in a relationship, you can be in a relationship with other people where not only are you loving them, but they're loving you. And as you both worship God or everyone in a group will worship God, you're loving one another. And in that that kind of a group, you build good relationship where you talk about the things of your life. You talk about the struggles. You talk about your victories. 
All of this is in a pursuit of knowing God. So I actually have a groups, couple groups of pastors that I do this with, and we spend time together on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, and we encourage one another to know God, to seek Him, and to share Him. We, we do that at our church. It's just kind of how we do what we do. So today we're talking about how to grow as a Christian. And we we started by talking about knowing God. In the second half of the show, we're going to unfold other ways that we can grow as a Christian. So I want you to stay tuned as we talk about how to grow as a Christian. You're listening now to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And we're back. Thank you for staying tuned. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today's episode, we're talking about how to grow as a Christian. And in the front end of the show, we talked about the first piece of that, and that is to know God. Well, there's two other pieces I want to talk about in the second half of the show. The second one, after know God, is to know yourself, to begin to answer the question, who am I? You know, young adults often take take a year off of life to try to figure this out. And, and many times it can turn into a prodigal son sort of story. Uh, you know, where, where, where a young adult will practice an exercise trying to be in control themselves, but letting themselves go. And, and, and maybe they're trying to figure out how do I trust God? How do I know who I am and who God made me to be? And so this happens oftentimes, not just with young adults, but we call in, in, in human development, we, we have what, what's called a midlife crisis. It's another way that adults are trying to find themselves. But when I think about this, oftentimes as believers, we try to find our identity in Christ. And so when we think about growing as a Christian, it is about knowing God, but it's also about knowing ourselves, thinking about who we are and who we are in Christ. And sometimes we ask questions like, what really are my skills and my gifts, my spiritual gifts? What is it about life that makes me happy? And and although those are, are good questions, I don't think it's where we start. We have to start with knowing God and pleasing God. Because the problem is, if we start with knowing our skill and working from there, we lose the idea that we're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, when we think about knowing ourselves— and, and, and really, it's, it's not just knowing ourselves, but knowing how we interact with God. That's really what I'm talking about. Not just who we are, but who we are as we interact with God. There's many ways to figure that out. And Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Pathways. And I want to introduce many of those, all nine of those, actually, in this episode to you, just to introduce the idea of these sacred pathways, because these are all ways to not just know ourselves but to express ourselves in our relationship with God. So uh, there are nine sacred pathways I'll mention by Gary Thomas. Number one is called naturalists, and this is loving God in the outdoors. These are 
are the people that that grow because they take these these quiet walks in nature. I used to do this around a parking lot. It doesn't have to be in the mountains or in the the woods, but it's this time of just being maybe in the outdoors, being in nature, seeing God's creation, his beauty in the outdoors. You can do this by just practicing his his presence, maybe not in a prayer walk, but by just developing these rhythms of seeing God and, and seeing God not only in nature, but but seeing others through the eyes of God. When I think about those that love the outdoors, it's about taking time to stop and listen to God. It's it's unplugging from your your own perspective, from your own electronics, and just setting aside time for God. So those are the naturalists. Another one is called the sensates. This is loving God with your senses. These are people that actually would enjoy burning a candle and just smelling the aroma. And it, there's a spiritual component to that. Or they're cultivating a spirit of, of gladness. Or or they're just trying to, to love God with all of their senses. And I've heard of some people using like painting and drawing and coloring as an act of worship and getting to know God. These are the sensates, loving God with your senses. And I'm just giving you a very introductory look at all of these. Number three are traditionalists. These are people that love God through rituals and and symbols, where you have these spiritual practices. And there are many people that like what I would call a liturgical reading. And they would read these prayers written by others, and they would follow these liturgies and set aside the same time, the same amount of time each day to be alone with God or or to practice the discipline of fasting every month from food and drink or maybe from shopping and desserts or maybe from TV and electronics. But these are people that just find rituals and symbols as a way to know themselves and how they interact with God. Another, number four, is aesthetics. Loving God in solitude and simplicity. Finding time to be alone with God. Finding time to be quiet before God. Finding a way to be simple, to let go of possessions, and just simplify your life. Some people show their greatest love for God through silence, solitude, and simplicity. Let's look at number five, activists. This is loving God, I love this word, through confrontation, where they love God by taking on the spirit of justice or making something right, or they're they want to treat people impartially and to treat them fairly. They want to help those that are in need. And these are the people that show their love for God by volunteering at the food bank and by praying for those in need and giving their their money to help the, the poor and to, to, to pray for people uh, any chance that they get. So these are the people that are called activists. So just a few more. Number six is what we call caregivers. These are people that love God by loving others. So they they do that through a couple of ways, through service and hospitality. So caregivers are the people that they show their love for God because they serve in the church or they do these different service projects, even if they don't get credit for it. It's it's how they show their love for God. Or or maybe they're hospitable. They open their, their home or, or to, to people to come and eat or they let people borrow their car not just to be nice, but as a, an act of love for God. Or I love this one, they'll spontaneously invite you over for a meal. Or or they'll house exchange students, just hospitality and service. 
So three more enthusiasts are loving God through mystery and celebration, exuberant church services, and they just are always passionate for God. Number eight is contemplatives, and it's the opposite. They're loving God through an adoration where it's not so expressive, but it's a little more private. They might practice some deep prayer and praise where you would breathe in and pray, like like a breath prayer. Or they, they would find value in reflecting on the scriptures, meditating on them. And then even deeper, the last way is intellectuals, where they love God with their mind, where they really deeply study uh, the Bible and systematically work their way through it. They might memorize it and commit to witnessing to others. These are all ways of practicing love for God. And you, you, you need to know how you do this yourself. So yes, knowing your passions and gifts, but being vulnerable that God can know you. When we are with God, the idea comes from Psalm 139, which says, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, see if there's any grievous way inside of me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Can you be vulnerable enough that God can expose the truth of your life so you can know yourself? So we have to know God, we have to know ourselves, and then finally, we have to practice mission. Once we know God, and then we know ourselves, we have to practice mission. See, this is God's activity in our life, and this is our response to his activity. James says this, for as a body, uh, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. See, it's not enough to just know God. It's not enough to just know yourself. If we don't practice our faith, our faith is dead. See, God has designed us God has formed us. God has shaped us not to just be a skilled individual, not to just have a purpose, but to serve his purpose, to serve his mission. So here's the idea. If we want to be people who grow as Christians, we have to know God and who he is. We have to know ourselves and understand the ways that we interact with God. But it comes down to this, that we would practice the mission of God, to bring the gospel to everyone, everywhere. This is the mission of God, that no one perish, but all have eternal life. Listen, you might be challenged with this kind of thinking, and if so, we would love to partner with you at Your Discipleship Coach. We want to help you in your Christian faith as you grow and mature in the Lord, and as you become a mature Christian. You might be curious if you're ready for coaching and a discipleship coach coach to help you and partner with you. You can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our complimentary coaching readiness questionnaire. You can fill that out and see results uh, uh, that will tell you your readiness for coaching. We'd love to support you as a coach in your life, in your business, and especially in your spiritual life. We call that discipleship coaching. Just visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. You can follow this show there, and also you can follow the podcast in your favorite platform, Your Discipleship Coach. I want to say today, thank you for listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself 
through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com to learn more. There you can sign up for their email list and explore all of the professional development that's available to you. Hey, I want to thank you again for listening to Your Discipleship Coach. I am for you, and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You've been listening today to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.